God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, so Liz Cheney kept her job. And that does not make me too happy. <laughs> the Republicans have really, I think, uh, betrayed uh, betrayed us. Uh, they have betrayed us. And uh, I, I just, you know, I can't, I can't accept it anymore. I'm, I'm really upset about what the Republicans have done in terms of uh, post-Trump um, error, um, where they seem to have uh, been faking it, uh, kissing the, uh, the ring of Donald Trump because he played them. You know, I mean, Donald Trump basically, you know, would have called them out uh, on their wrongdoing. And they knew it. And I always knew I always knew that was going to be the way that Trump would run the country. And I thought it was great because, you know, here it is. You get a couple of congressmen that are holding holdouts on a specific piece of legislation. And here comes Trump, you know, tweeting up, you know, these three congressmen. Go ahead and call them and really make their lives a, a nightmare. Getting inundated by millions of Americans who object to the kind of leadership that some of these congressmen uh, portray. And, you know, when you, when you hold them accountable, they, no, there's no more game playing. And Trump would get things done very quickly, whether it would be the foreign policy or the environment or getting people back to work restoring manufacturing jobs, everything that in the last two weeks Joe Biden has reversed. Uh, Joe Ryan, I just saw a number where it looks like with the minimum wage alone, you're going to have 1.3 million jobs lost. 1.3 million with the minimum wage. 1.3 million jobs. That's a lot of jobs. And again, who does that impact the most? Well, it certainly doesn't impact the white-collar workers making 
you know, 50 grand and up. <clears throat> but it does impact, uh, it, it impacts minorities. It impacts uh, inner city. It impacts youth. It impacts, bar- uh, it creates a barrier to entry with respect to getting uh, your first job as a burger flipper, pizza delivery person, whatever it is. Uh, if it's a service person working at the Apple Genius Store, uh, where you can learn to show up to work on time, learn uh, how to fix phones or do whatever, learn how to sell, learn how to communicate with people. There's so many opportunities about on-the-job training that don't merit $15 an hour, where you're living underneath your parents' roof and you're focused on your education and you just need some spending money on the side. It's not a career choice. It's a stepping stone. It's a learning opportunity. But this $15 minimum wage is going to create a barrier. Untold damage. We don't even know the kind of damage that's going to do. Just like we don't know what what kind of damage we're going to be faced with or what the aftermath of this COVID, draconian COVID uh, lockdown is going to be. I can't tell you, I was in the airport yesterday <clears throat> traveling back from Florida. And, you know, it's just, it's miserable. You know, when you go to these airports and everybody has to wear a mask and it's like so different. The rules and the regulations are so different. They interrupted the flight uh, probably six times, telling, reminding us of, you know, the, the compliance and if they could only be that strict with Antifa or Black Lives Matter Marxist groups that want to burn cities to the ground and clobber uh, police officers over the head with lead pipes, if they could just not stand down in that moment, but yet just be a little lax on the rules and regulations of what I shall put on my face, uh, especially if I disagree with the remedy, you know, and I have a right to do that. And I just think that there's so much disinformation. It's bad enough that we had the disinformation coming from the the left or that you have two different political views, you know, bucking heads with each other. But we also had to deal with it from within, And I think that, um, you know, Trump was such a sensational leader that I think people tried to exploit and parlay and profit from that, from his popular populism. And his populism carried around the world and did a lot of good for a lot of different uh, entities, whether it's NATO, whether it's climate. Uh, We set the standard on climate. Going back to the old climate club, these climate initiatives that just allow more regulation and more government uh, infusion and more government control of your lives. You know, once COVID's done, then they're going to go back to climate and they're going to go back to their multinational corporation deals and their multi-trade deals that benefit a certain class. But these $15 minimum wages are going to kill. 
opportunities for people just starting out in the job market. And it's going to kill 1.3 million jobs, according to the latest number that I just saw. 1.3 million jobs. And that's going to, that's going to be devastating. You, you add that to the climate initiatives, the $15 minimum wage, the climate initiatives, keeping people who are service-oriented workers away from their jobs. I, you know, I, as I've said so often, I feel sorry for the actor or actress that in New York City that's living in a 400-square-foot shoebox paying $1,500 a month in rent for that shoebox, trying to get the next part in a theater that's been closed down, and supplementing their income with a waiter's job or a bartender's job that they no longer can work, how are they going to make it? How are they going to do it? And what's going to happen to New York? And how is it going to climb back from that devastation? It's terrible what what has happened to our country in the last year and a half. And nobody could have withstood a world organized against you. Not even Donald Trump. But Donald Trump gave a great fight and still is a fighter and still is fighting. There's still a lot of shoes to drop in terms of litigation in terms of provability, Mark Elias just recently, just yesterday, is now making the argument that in a, in a congressional seat up in New York, where the Republican won by like 136 votes or something, and they're making the argument that there was uh, problems with the voting machine. So, so where it benefits them, they, they argue that there's a problem with the voting machine. This is Mark Elias. He's the kingpin Russian hoax guy that paid off CrowdStrike and paid off um, Fusion GPS, that organization that Bob Mueller spent $40 million to not know anything about. And now they got a Department of Justice, uh, or they got the Attorney General that uh, was the attorney for Hunter Biden or something like that. It's kind of crazy stuff. The fix is in, folks. The fix is in. That's for sure. But we got to do something about it because even within our own party, we have infiltrators, we have spineless swines, and we have these rhinos. And I just envision a lion beating a rhino. And the way we do it <clears throat> is we have to get organized. And we're going to cover a couple of uh, how-tos and uh, movements forward to try to figure out how we climb our way back into power and right the ship and fix the country. And we can't do it with a lot of these people that have made false promises. And I'm going to uh, make a claim. I'm going to make a request to everyone listening. And I'm going to say, look, if you were told by the so-called patriots that things were going to be great again, that, that there's no chance that we got this, that Trump is not going to lose, and that it's just a matter of time. And all that tough talk by, you know, the folks like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell and, and her Kraken fraudster and a whole bunch of other people 
Um, you know, you got to go with the question, what have you done for me lately? How did that work out for you? And so, and, and time and time again, we cannot let these things just walk on by. We can't just let them go. Somebody needs to be held accountable for their, their incorrectness. Someone needs to be held accountable for being wrong. And it, it should not come from new opportunities and just let that one pass. And, and I just think that people need to wake up and realize who's been there for you and who's been right and who's been consistent and who's been wrong and who is actually doing things for self-profit. And I call that infiltrators. And it's been going on within certain circles of the Alex Jones community for quite a long time now. And I'm really getting sick and tired of it. I think it's a cancer from within the uh, ranks of the Republican Party because they're accomplishing absolutely nothing. But they're saying a whole bunch of crap. And we need to wake ourselves up and realize that there's no magic wand to fix the problems that we have to fix. There's no magic wand. There's no secret sauce. There's nothing like that. It's all going to be rolling up your sleeves, hard work. We allowed ourselves to get get into this rut. And those Republicans out in, say, Utah or even Wyoming, and those Republicans out in Montana, how do you lose to Tester in Montana? How do you, if you're, if you're, if you're a West Virginian, how do you lose your Senate seat to Joe Manchin, who voted for impeachment? Probably will do it twice. So how do you do that? When President Trump wins your state by 40 percentage points, how do you actually vote for Manchin? I don't get that. I don't understand that. Republicans all over the place need to be talking about this. This is the problem. We need to fix the problem of a divided party. We can't afford, we don't have the numbers. With all the rigging and the registrations and the ballot harvesting and the ballot allocations and the illegal immigrants that are being told they have to vote Democrat or else they'll be kicked out of the country. No, we need to do better. We need to put a stop to this. We need to put a stop to draconian measures. We need to say no more of these stupid masks that we know don't work. We just, I mean, I look around the airport and I'm looking at all kinds of cockamamie stuff. I see these people with glass shields and masks and double masks and triple masks. And you got this Dr. Fauci. I can't help but think, you know, I'm walking around and watching all these people's human behaviors all over the place. You got a like a guy that looks like he's just like a gangster rapper, compliant. When was the last time you saw a gangster rapper compliant, putting some some stupid mask on his face? And you got to know it all comes from a guy like Dr. Fauci, who's been wrong so many times. It's just absurd to think that you know whether it's Invectin or hydroxychloroquine and all these other promising solutions, remdesivir, that nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about vitamin D. Nobody wants to talk about, you know, proper social distancing. 
No, they want to actually throw you in jail and ruin your life because you didn't have your mask on straight. I think that's absolutely insane and ridiculous. And we got to stand up to it. We cannot let them get away with these draconian measures, whether it be related to climate change. And when it's cold, they call it a polar vortex all of a sudden. And when it's warm, they call it global warming. We got to put a stop to this. We got to. We can't listen to these leaders anymore because they're lying to you. They're flat out lying to you. I'm going to play a clip from Ocasio-Cortez where she's just flat out lying about how she was scared for her life because she had accused uh, the break-ins and the Capitol Hill police of scaring her. She wasn't even in the building. She was in another building altogether. They got evacuated eventually, but she was not a victim. On the, But they did it. They're, they're saying that they did it. And the reason why they're saying they're doing it is because they're trying to impeach President Trump. Why? Because President Trump was the truth teller. President Trump was the one that actually was calling these people to the carpet and making them look stupid. You know, basically taking their political correctness and shoving it where the sun doesn't shine. I mean, it's one of these things where you have a, a situation where they needed to get rid of Trump by hook or by crook, and they did it. They pulled out all the stops, and they pulled it off. They pulled off the hoax of the century, and it's been one hoax after another. And the big tech media, the mainstream media, they've all been exposed. They all had to go to the desperate, desperate mode. They had to go to Code Alert Red, in order to pull it off, which exposed them for forever. So we're going to talk about some ways and solutions that we can fix these problems. First, you know, one of the things that we're doing here on the Scott Adams Show is we started an organization called MAGAPAC. We're still having our site developed, and uh, Bugle Call and MAGAPAC are going to basically Uh, be fundraising and holding events and fundraisers. And what we're going to do is take 100% of that money uh, because it's going to be part of uh, controlled by a board. And we're going to take 100% of it and we're going to basically put it toward uh, primarying out. We don't believe in third parties uh, because we we can't afford to split the the GOP. But what we are going to do is hold the GOP accountable. And what we are going to do is make sure we get a candidate that could beat Liz Cheney in Wyoming. And we could beat Kinzinger. I used to say it was Kinzinger in Florida. It's Kinzinger in Illinois. Illinois uh, District 16. And we have people in Illinois. Charles Butler comes to mind. And we have people out west. Larry Freese is going to be part of this organization. Remember Larry Freese? And so he's going to be our treasurer. And, um, and so we are going to be taking the fight to places in Wyoming, places in Montana, places in Illinois, and also California with Paul Preston's help and support, and in Florida with Reba is help and support and some other people that we know um, that are connected with Mar-a-Lago. So we have a very good, strong organization and we're going to hold events and we're going to bring awareness and we're going to put up candidates that are going to primary 
these rhinos out of office. Liz Cheney may have won this battle by keeping her leadership role in the House of Representatives. And it may have even come at a price for people like Matt Gates and others like that. Um, but we'll see. So I want to get into this Liz Cheney story a little bit. Liz Cheney survives vote to oust her as House GOP conference chair. House Republican conference chair. How she got that leadership role is beyond me. She is absolutely a disgusting Republican. She's a neocon that believes in profiting from wars. And she services the military top brass who love nothing more than to give their buddies uh, that uh, left the military or left the Pentagon that are now working as lobbyists and board members of these military-industrial complex organizations and helps them with the kickbacks and, and the golf outings and the big parties and the travel trips and stuff like that. So they survived a leadership challenge uh, Wednesday night after most Republicans voted to keep her as their third-ranking House Republican. The House Republican Conference held a secret ballot on whether or uh, the House GOP should oust Cheney. So let's uh, get into this a little bit, the details. <clears throat> Devil in the details. 61 House Republicans voted to oust her. 145 Republicans voted to keep her. And I dare say 145 Republicans are going to be scrutinized. They should not get our support for voting and supporting a person like Liz Cheney, a flat-out, big-time loser. Now, voted to keep her, and one Republican voted present. The vote came after House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy spoke in defense of Cheney, and so did uh, Lindsey Graham and a whole bunch of others, uh, but they're in the Senate, but so it doesn't really matter. But still, it, it does matter a little bit because it's the powers that be that control the party. The House GOP conference ballot was held because many House conservatives led a movement to remove Cheney as the third-ranking Republican after she announced that she would vote to impeach President Donald Trump. For what? For what, pray tell, did she vote to impeach the best president our country has ever, ever had? What, what, why? What did he say in his speech? Shouldn't, shouldn't Ocasio-Cortez be impeached? for lying about being um, victimized in her office? No, I, I, beg, I beg you to, to, to answer this question. It's, it's absolutely absurd that the uh, people that get rewarded are the people that are doing the nastiest things. There's no due process. They never called one witness in the House. Are you kidding me? That President Trump questioned the integrity of the election because there sh he should have because there's evidence and proof up and down the line that voter fraud happened and that to litigate cases such as these takes a little bit longer time especially when you have an infrastructure that was rigging the system there's just no way that joe biden won the election no way look at the guy he's not capable of stringing sentences together. He's already cost our country millions of jobs. He gets more dislikes than likes in social media. 
that Joe Biden, there's no way he won this election. He couldn't fill three circles. He couldn't hold a rally. He did not have popular support. People don't even know who's in power right now. Frankly, those who know the most will will tell you that it's not Joe Biden that's in power right now. That's for sure. So it says, I won't apologize for the vote, Cheney told the House Republican Conference. And so she's unapologetic about wanting to impeach President Trump, who did nothing wrong in his speech. Does anyone even ever want to question Nancy Pelosi for calling for more riots or Maxine Waters for saying you start up a crowd and get in people's faces? Republicans such as Matt Rosendale, from Republican from Montana, and Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, circulated a petition to remove Liz Cheney as the House GOP chair. Rosendale said in a statement after the vote, the conference has spoken and it's time for Republicans to unify to take back the majority. I will do my part and achieve that goal. Matt Gates even traveled to Wyoming to urge constituents to primary her. During his Wyoming rally, Gates noted that Cheney had impeded the Trump America First agenda and sold out to the foreign war machine. Gates and other conservatives, such as Biggs and Representative Thomas Massey, Republican from Kentucky, opposed Cheney's efforts to add an amendment to the national. So they opposed Cheney's efforts. Now listen to this one. Cheney's efforts to add an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, that would tie the president's hands from withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. We've been there for over 20 years, folks. It doesn't make any sense to lock us in. But Liz Cheney wants to lock in that money because that's where the military-industrial complex thrives with leadership like Liz Cheney and her, her daddy Dick Cheney. You know, Halliburton and Enron. Gates also noted that Cheney had supported Massey's primary opponent, which aroused many House conservatives' anger. Although Cheney may have survived, uh, although Cheney may have survived the House conservatives' move to ouster the House GOP chair, she still faces problems in her home state. That's for sure, and she's going to face them in a way that she never predicted. Because that's going to be enemy number one. That's going to be a big state that we're going to focus on with our MAGA PAC and our Bugle Call organizations. A recent poll found that her political support has collapsed by more than double digits since the, she announced that she would vote to impeach Trump. The survey, but she plays dirty politics. Anybody that gets in her way, she has a whole uh, infrastructure that smears people and tries to destroy people's lives. That's Liz Cheney. She's just a scumbag. The survey found that 73% of Republicans in the deep red state viewed her unfavorably, and 62% of all voters have a negative image of her. In contrast, only 10% of GOP voters and 13% of all voters would vote to reelect her. The poll has also found that she trails State Senator Anthony Bouchard, who announced a campaign against her by, and he's ahead by 30 points. Liz Cheney's decision to vote to impeach Trump makes her extremely vulnerable, Trump's pollster John McLaughlin wrote. It is 
uh, evident. Her ratings are in bad shape among general election voters. Shame on her. Shame on her because she never even afforded the man due process and she voted to impeach. Anybody who does that is anti-American. Anybody who does that is capable of the same kind of stuff that uh, lynched black people in in Southern America in the 1950s and 60s based on the color of their skin. They didn't they weren't afforded due process. Anybody capable of that irrational behavior is capable of racism because she doesn't like the color of Trump's hair or the way he talks. She is capable of racism and discriminatory actions. And it's just disgusting. I can't say enough bad things about Liz Cheney and it's a family show. So, but I would say more if I could. It's just words can't express how much disdain I have for Liz Cheney. And so we're going to go after her in her primary, peacefully. Peacefully, we're going to work on getting an alternative candidate to primary Liz Cheney out of office in Wyoming. So, um, exclusive, Senator Bill Hagerty, China is singing all the way to the bank thanks to Joe Biden's policies. Pretty sad, but that's true. It's it's sort of like America last. I want to also play... um, uh, There's another issue that I want to address, and that is um, about... um, Joe Biden's stroke of a pen to ruin sports for women in America. And I want I want you to hear this exchange from Rand Paul uh, when he was talking with uh, the education secretary pick, Miguel Cardona. Let's take a listen. And what you'll find is 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 Rand Paul, I think, is right on the money here. In general, about boys running in girls' track meets like they've been doing in Connecticut? I think that it's critically important that educated, education systems and educators respect the rights of all students, including students who are transgender, um, and that they are afforded the opportunities that every other student has to uh, participate in extracurricular activity. Does it bother you that, like, the top 20% of boys running in track meets beat all of the girls in the state and that it, you know, would be you know, completely destroy girls' athletics. The girls are being pushed out. Um, they don't make the finals in the state meet. They don't get college scholarships, that it's really detrimental to girls' sports. Do you worry about having boys running girls' track meets? You know, I, I recognize and appreciate the concerns um, and the uh, frustrations that are expressed. I've, as Commissioner of Education, have had conversations with families uh, who have felt the way you just described it, and families of uh, students who are transgender. So I understand that this is a challenge. I look forward to working with you and others to Do you think it's fair to have boys running in the girls' track, mate? I think it's appropriate for, it's, I think it's, it's the legal responsibility of schools to provide opportunities for students to uh, participate in activities, and this includes students who are transgender. So you don't have a problem then with boys running in the girls' track meet, swimming meets, name it. You're okay then with boys competing with girls? Respectfully, Senator, I think I answered the question. I believe schools should offer the opportunity for students to engage in extracurricular activities, even if they're transgender. I think that's their right. 
You know, a lot of us think that that's bizarre, you know, not very fair. You know, I come from a family that has a lot of girls who have been, have competed in college athletics, have been state champions, and frankly, you know, some boy that's six foot two competing against my five foot four niece doesn't sound very fair. I think most people in the country think it's bizarre, you know, that it's just <laughs> completely bizarre and unfair that people, and you're going to run the Department of Education, you've got no problem with it. Um, that concerns me. And I, I think it's, this kind of thing is going to lead to really just the vast majority of America just wondering who are these people that think it's okay? From what planet are you from? And <laughs> what planet are you from? I love the part where he said, um, you know, my five foot four niece going against a six foot two, you know, giant, right? How's that even fair, right? That doesn't make any sense. And, um, you know, this is going to be huge, hugely detrimental to uh, women across America. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I uh, don't see uh, transgender being that big of a number. You know, these people obviously are not representing the people, right? Now, in the rare case that you get a, which I think is child abuse anyway, if you're a minor and you're engaging in some sort of transgender behavior or getting a sex change and you're a parent that's footing the bill for that or endorsing it, I, I think it's child abuse. Um, when I hear about 12, 10 to 12 to 14-year-olds uh, being uh, pushed in that direction, I think that's psychological child abuse. Um, that's just the way I see it. I think that there's time enough to figure things out about <clears throat> who you are and what your sexuality is. I think there's time enough. It shouldn't be when you're 14 years old. We've all had a lot of different ideas when we were 14 years old that are different than when we were 30. Um, so I think it's, I think we got to look at this in a different lens. Um, that's number one. Number two, I don't even think the numbers are that great. So, you know, you disenfranchise millions of girls because for the sake of, uh, some sort of, a, you know, fractional fraction of that number, maybe hundreds of transgenders that are going to play sports and want to hang out in the women's locker room, you know, with male genitalia. It's absolutely ridiculous. It does not make any sense to me. And, uh, and, and not only that, but there should be other solutions. If you are going to be in that rare circumstance where you are somehow considered, uh, considering yourself to be a, a different gender, then, then, then uh, it should be the teachers. Uh, you should be able to go to the bathroom and change in the teacher's lounge. You know, there should be enough teacher's lounges to accommodate. But to do what they were doing and advocating under the Obama regime, uh, which was to put, a, you know, one pant, one and a half a skirt uh, icon on a third type of bathroom, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. And and the thing about it is, I, I think there's more to it. You know, especially when you talk about one of the first priorities of the Biden um, 
whatever you want to call it. Uh, he he was uh, advancing trans reversed Trump's transgender allowances in the military, and again I think it's just designed to weaken our military and and destroy the morale of our military. Um, I also believe that uh, eventually you're going to start to see the taxpayers foot the bill for the military. It's part of the military expenditure is going to be going towards sex change operations. You watch. It'll happen. And when you start to see those sex change operations that cost tens of thousands of dollars, it's going to become a recruiting tool. And next thing you know, you're going to have a military that's just full of people that are joining the military to get their free sex change operation. (laughs) It's crazy. You know, and it's crazy because... People are electing officials that are that they're they're allowing this to happen, folks, because people always have the power. We could either storm the gates or we could vote with in a good mind, you know. And are we voting with a good mind, but yet we're being cheated? And I think that that might be a problem too. So in the next couple of years, over the next weeks and months. We really need to address what happened in the 2020 election and then pivot to fixing the problems that we discover out of the litigation of the voter fraud that we know existed. And we need to set into certain rules and guidelines and have a rational discussion and take it outside of the world of politics and put it into the courts. There's got to be a limit to how much uh, you know, fraud we can we can sustain and still be a country. There's got to be some respect for the chain of custody and some respect for accurate voter rolls and some respect. And the courts have have to, have to weigh in on this, especially before it's too late. Before the the loser Democrats in the Senate pack the Senate with D.C. and Samoa. And Puerto Rico becoming states, adding six new Democrat senators to that pie. So instead of 100 senators, it'll be 106. And that would enable them to pack the Supreme Court and destroy basically the interpretations of our Constitution for forever. And, you know, if if it's Chief Justice Roberts that is uh, compromised, uh, then you need to look into that. We need to do a lot better. Uh, we get people that should not be in power, in power, and we wonder why it is that we're ending up with such crazy, crazy behavior. And we, we have to put a stop to it. So we have this Ocasio-Cortez, and you know the things that she has done um, with... Uh, with her lies and deception is absolutely absurd. And I want to play this uh, clip right here. It's absolutely crazy, but we're going to play a little bit of it here. It's uh, too long to play the whole thing, but we're going to play the beginning. For me to get, and I immediately realized that I shouldn't have gone into the bathroom. I should have jumped in the closet. And so I, I opened the door when all of a sudden I hear that whoever was trying to get inside 
got into my office. Um, and then I realized that it's... So nobody was in her office. She just lied and made that up. She was evacuated, but she wasn't in the Capitol building where the dome was. She was in her office uh, in two, three buildings over that wasn't breached. And by the way, uh, Sicknick, Brian Sicknick, the person who laid in wake uh, in state in the Capitol building, they chose uh, this big service for him. But it turns out that there's new evidence that shows that he didn't have any blunt force trauma to the head, that he had an aneurysm on his own, maybe due to the stress, but he was not attacked. And again, this goes straight to the whole case related to Trump. Once again, this has more to do with Trump than it has to do with anything else. This lie that you're hearing right now with Ocasio-Cortez has everything to do with Trump. The lie that was told about uh, Officer Sicknick has everything to do with Liz Cheney and what the stupid things she did Right, The dumb stuff that Liz Cheney did in impeaching the president over something he didn't do. And then now with this litigation in the Senate to try to somehow prevent Trump from ever becoming a president again. Which they're not going to do because 45 senators have already declared it unconstitutional. And this is just going to be pure kabuki theater. But let's continue with this lie. It sounds like a child but she happens to be a ranking Democrat congresswoman with clout in Congress right now, dictating policy that affects your life. And she's now lying it's right here. It's too late. That it's too late for me to get into the closet. And so I, I go back in and I, I hide back in. Um, in the bathroom behind the door. And then I just start to hear these yells of, where is she? Where is she? And I just thought to myself, they got inside. And so I hide behind my door like this, like I'm here and the bathroom door starts going like this. Like the bathroom door is behind me, or rather in front of me. And I'm like this, and the door Behind right me, here. in front of me, she doesn't know. And I just hear, where is she? Where is she? And um, this was the moment where I thought everything was over. Um, and the weird thing about moments like these is that you lose all sense of time. And here come the um, tears. In retrospect, um, maybe it was four seconds. Maybe it was five seconds. Maybe it was 10 seconds. Maybe it was one second. I don't know. It felt like my brain was able to have so many thoughts in that moment. Um, between these screams and these yells of where is she where is she and so I go down and I just I mean I thought I was going to die um 
and I had a lot of thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I think when you're in a situation like that, um, and like also one of those thoughts that I had was, you know, I just happened to, you know, be a spiritual person and be raised in that context. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so anyway, that's uh, Ocasio-Cortez lying through her teeth. And so uh, they're calling her the Jesse Smollett of, uh, <laughs> of Capitol Hill, I guess. And uh, it's sad that we have that kind of leadership in our in our office here's a here's yet another little brief area uh piece of that clip this one's going to be quicker i think let's just take a listen you know capital police etc etc but then what but then it didn't feel right um because he was looking at me with a tremendous amount of anger now she's talking about the Capitol Hill police. And um, things weren't adding up. Like there was no partner there. And there was, no one was yelling. He wasn't yelling like, this is Capitol Police, this is Capitol Police. And he was looking at me in all of this anger and, and hostility. And at first, you know, in, in my brain and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I just came from this super intense experience just now. Maybe I'm reading into this, right? Like maybe I'm projecting, um, maybe I'm projecting like something onto him that, that like maybe I'm just seeing anger, but maybe he's not trying to be angry. Um, but I talked to G, my legislative director, after the fact, and he said, no, I didn't know if he was there to help us or hurt us either. And um, and G was actually like, th this man came with so much hostility. That so, so the police are bad. She got confirmation that she was right and that the police were wrong. Uh, it's It's absolutely absurd that she would throw the police under the bus now. So she's using this as an opportunity to say, A, she was victim, she was scared for her life, and then she brings up that she, the, that uh, there was a time in her life when she was sexually assaulted and all these thoughts came back. Uh, you don't even know what's true anymore because this is the same person that did a photo op in front of a parking lot, in front of a caged fence, and tried to say that she was down along the border and she wasn't even remotely close to where the immigrants were, but she staged this photo op and then faked the tears. I mean, this is the kind of people that the Democrats are electing for for their office. And it's it's just, um, you know, it's kabuki theater there. But they're, they're impacting so many other things. They're impacting um, our health our wealth, our jobs, um, whether or not we can go out and, and, and not wear a mask, whether or not we can go to work, and, you know, how we get on planes. You know, how many people have gotten thrown off of planes and airlines and banned for life on these airlines, you know? And there's a lot of people talking about a lot of these things, Um you know, Julie Kelly, uh, who I follow and she follows me, she says, we're reminded every day how much the GOP squandered power when they had it. Imagine if they had have been half as ruthless about 
going after our political foes and advancing our interests as Democrats are right now. This is why almost all of them need to go. And that's so true. There was one guy, Devin Nunes, who used his authority to expose FISAgate and his own colleagues after turn, uh, uh, colleagues either turned against him, ethics probe, or abandoned him. Trump used this power marginally. Nearly everyone else was useless. Yeah, it's sad. It's a sad, sad thing. And um, there's another um, clip I want to play before we run out of time. And it's related to um, this uh, this uh, video audio clip that was sent to me. And we have barely just enough time. But we're going to go ahead and play it. Um, I know it's switching gears from subject to subject. But, you know, we're dealing with um, election fraud. We're dealing with rhinos. We're dealing with COVID response. We're dealing with jobs, you know, and uh, minimum wage. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of different issues covering a lot of different ground, but I want to play this Invectin study that just came out in Australia. Let's take a listen. And you might want to take this bit of information and think twice about getting your vaccine. ...could soon have a new tool in their arsenal for the fight against coronavirus. One America's Pearson Sharp has more on the medicine that researchers in Australia say could cure the virus in just 48 hours. The fight against coronavirus could have a powerful new weapon. It's called ivermectin. News out of Australia has revealed doctors are now successfully using the drug to treat patients infected with the coronavirus, with one doctor saying it makes corona very simple to kill. So far, the medicine hasn't been widely used against the coronavirus specifically, but it's typically used for parasitic infections. However, a peer-reviewed study led by Monash University back in April found that even a single dose of the drug could kill the coronavirus in less than 48 hours. Ivermectin is well-established and has been available since the 1970s. It's FDA-approved and is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. That means it has very few side effects and is considered one of the safest drugs in the world. In fact, in 2011, a scientific journal in Japan, where the medicine is originally from, called ivermectin a wonder drug on the same level as penicillin and aspirin. And it's not only potent, it's also very inexpensive. The wholesale cost for a course of treatment is just 12 cents, meaning it's a safe and widely available treatment for the coronavirus. Australian doctor and professor Thomas Borody is spearheading efforts to raise awareness for the drug's effectiveness. It's an antiparasitic. It sits across South America, quite a bit in the USA, um, also India and Bangladesh. And in those places where trials between 80 and 160 patients were done, the amazing and surprising thing is there's not one paper where it was successful less than 100%. That is the actual factual result. It is curative within six to eight days. He says when used in combination with two other drugs, an antiviral called doxycycline and zinc, that ivermectin is amazingly effective in treating the coronavirus. The medicine works by allowing healthy cells to quickly remove the virus, preventing it from taking hold. Dr. Borody adds that countless doctors and frontline workers around the world, including himself, are already taking this treatment as a preventative against the coronavirus. If we use a preventative combination of ivermectin every, say, two weeks, it would work like a vaccine, but it would not only cure, vaccine doesn't cure, 
and prevent recurrence as long as you took it for one year, two years. Even doctors in the U.S. are having success with the drug. Doctors in Broward County, Florida, say they're already curing coronavirus patients with ivermectin and seeing a near 100% success rate. If we get to those people early, and what I mean by that, if their oxygen requirements are less than 50%, I've had nearly a 100% response rate. They all improve. Patients using the medicine are claiming it saved their lives. And I'm blessed with that medicine because I didn't know what was going to happen. It, it saved my life. It's not clear how other medical experts in the U.S. will respond to this latest discovery. But with options like hydroxychloroquine and now ivermectin on the table, many say Democrats' refusal to make these medicines available is no different than murdering the patients who need them but can't get them. Pearson Sharp, One America News. Want to see more videos like this? Click on the link below and subscribe to One. So that's pretty promising, right? Um, that is an incredible um, account. And yet, if you post something like that on social media, uh, you get banned. I posted something uh, about uh, COVID on Facebook and got banned for 30 days. People were asking, you know, where I am on uh, Facebook, for example. And I can't even respond. So I can't even tell them. I've been banned, you know, but if you're wondering, that's that's what happened. Uh, it's the big tech, uh, the big tech, uh, big tech fallacy there. Um, one of the things is uh, there's an article and we were not going to have too much time to cover. It says fighting fake news. It's time for conservatives to take on big tech tyrants. Here's how. If conservatives want to preserve access to the online infrastructure of commerce and speech, they're going to have to break up big tech. So there's an article that uh, has been published over at the the Federalist that I have posted on to my social media uh, right now, I think it's just on Twitter at Scott Adams Show. Um, but you could also go to t.me slash Scott Adams Show and t.me slash Red State Talk Radio uh, for the Telegram. Um, and uh, you find access to a lot of that information. Well, that brings us to the end of our commercial-free show. And uh, you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. It's good to be back in the studio And I want to thank everybody for sticking with us and tuning in and finding the truth. And, you know, be sure to check out our ads as well. Um, We uh, are been pushing this uh, MyPillow. So you check out MyPillow.com and put in Red State as your code. And you'll get up to 66% off on your pillow products. All right. Well, with that... My name's Scott Adams, and I'll see you next time on the radio. Tennessee, Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.